0: Welcome to our teaching for today. Please be patient with our audio. The Torah portion for today is Tetzavay and means, You shall command. The portion begins by saying that they were to make pure olive oil for the menorah and to keep it burning from evening to morning in the tent of meeting. Many of the commands in this portion have to do with the items and ritual regarding the priests for the Mishkan, the tent of meeting in the wilderness. We all have blank areas of understanding. So we need weekly encouragement to fill in areas of our spiritual walk that we need to understand better. That is probably why God instituted the weekly readings of the Torah through the prophets. At the end of our introduction for today, we have a section on responses to people's objections to believing in God. Perhaps this will help you to answer some of the questions people have. We then conclude with a teaching on the Torah portion. I would like to begin by talking about there is a way of life that God energizes. Stay on that path and do not fall into darkness. People come up with lots of ideas on how to live life. Many think that it is up to the person, that is, whatever they decide is the right way for them. God has given mankind free will but that does not mean whatever a person comes up with is right or okay. For example, a person might think that it is okay to jump off a tall building but their life will end very quickly. We could say that people decide the path or fate of life by how they act. In that person's case, it caused them a huge problem, death. Sometimes people have harmful attitudes and thoughts, and they may incur consequences because of their lifestyle. We could say they are fooled into thinking they are okay when they are not, they live life in darkness. The Bible, God's Word, implies that when we keep God's commandments, God can help us in every area of life. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, there is a list of things that God can help us with in life. Since this list is extensive, we can conclude that it includes other things as well and was meant to be an example of what God can do for us and therefore God can help us with anything and everything as God chooses. We should remember that God will help us at times and probably helps believers more than we realize. I have been healed miraculously many times and have seen many miracles and have also witnessed God healing others. If God always worked out things for us though, it would diminish our ability to choose. I sometimes think about all the suffering that Israel had to endure from the Egyptians. God eventually set them free with great miracles and they were able to return to their land. I believe God had to harden Pharaoh's heart so Pharaoh had free will. Otherwise, who could have resisted the tremendous miracles God did. Unfortunately for Pharaoh, he chose wrong and brought pain and anguish on Egypt. When we keep God's commandments, we have decided that God's ways are right, and they benefit us. They first of all benefit us because God's commandments come from an all-knowing and good God, and they are what is best for life. When we look at the list of things God can do for us, we also get the idea that God can intervene supernaturally for us in many different ways. Yeshua tells us to keep on praying so we need ask God for help and keep praying. Luke 18:1 NKJV says, Then He spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Also, Yah James 4:3 NKJV says, Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive, because you ask amiss. We are to also believe God can do the impossible. We need to believe God can do what we ask. Matthew 21:22 NKJV says, Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. God will answer some prayers, so keep asking. God's commandments are intended to help all of mankind. God's commandments are known through most of the world except where the Bible is suppressed. It was spread through the world by those who believe in the Messiah Yeshua. It is Israel that has is benefited the most because their ancestors kept God's commandments and Israel passed on God's commandments to the world. Abraham kept God's commandments. Genesis 26 5 NKJV says, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Then the law was written down at Mount Sinai. Notice in the following verse in Deuteronomy that the pledge, covenant, is not only between the Jews but any of the people there who decided to make a pledge to God. Strong's Dictionary says that the word translated covenant means, covenant, alliance, pledge. Some people make a big deal out the word covenant, but in fact each person has the choice to believe in God and follow God or not. We each must pledge ourselves to God by our own choice. Deuteronomy 29:9-11 NKJV says. Therefore keep the words of this covenant, and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. All of you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones and your wives, also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water. The stranger refers to those who are not part of Israel. God has made His good commandments available to all who want to do what is right. Pledge your life and your ways to God's ways. There are unknowns in life. God brings order to life. Since God knows what is best, His ways bring order to life. We do not know all that we will have to go through. Even those with lots of money are not always satisfied in life. Sometimes we think we know how things will turn out, but they do not always go the way we think. Deuteronomy 29:29 NKJV says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. When we keep God's law we are doing our best. We should always want to do our best. God gave us His law to help us and did not give every bit of knowledge we could possibly learn. Some people trust in science, yet science keeps changing what they teach. At one time, science said the universe was one hundreds of thousands of years old and not billions of years. Then science did not like the idea of a Big Bang because it sounded too much like a creation story, so they changed it and then they changed it again back to the Big Bang. Some in science think the universe will continue to expand and others think it will contract back to a single point. Where did the first matter come from? They proudly think they have all the answers. I remember being at a meeting with some professors at college and one of the professors threw a tantrum to make his point. These are the people we are supposed to trust to teach us. For some, it seems more important to believe in them than to know the facts. Hume, who lived in the 1700s, wrote that there is no such thing as miracles. When some told him that they know of miracles that happened, he quoted himself and said we know there are no miracles. God knows all but does not have to inundate us with trivia. It is enough that he cares about us and his creation. Isaiah 40:26 NKJV says, "Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing." God created all that needed to be created to sustain what he created. He gave order to his creation. And he gave us commandments to help us order our life. Endure and stick with it and keep moving forward in life no matter what. We are to be diligent to keep God's commandments with our whole heart and not do evil. Psalms 119 1 6 NKJV says Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity they walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed, when I look into all your commandments. Someday everyone will have to stand before God. We do not want to be ashamed because we did not apply ourselves to keep God's commandments. Shaul said in 2 Timothy two fifteen NKJV, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. God gave us His commandments for our own good. Deuteronomy 10 13 NKJV says, Keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes which I command you today for your good. We need good directions for life. Have you ever gotten lost because you did not follow the direction you were supposed to go? I got lost on a walk once and I had to retrace my steps about five miles to get back to where I started. If I had gone in the right direction to begin with, I would not have had that tough experience. Go the right direction in life. We love God by keeping His commandments. The people who do not care about God do things their own way. Deuteronomy 11 NKJV says, Therefore you shall love the Lord your God, and keep His charge, His statutes, His judgments, and His commandments always. Deuteronomy 6 5-7 NKJV says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently. Deuteronomy thirty sixteen NKJV says, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments. We are to be careful to observe God's commandments. Deuteronomy 26:16 NKJV says, Observe these statutes and judgments, therefore you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Why not listen to God? We consider all kinds of things in life, but nothing can be more important than listening to the God of the universe. Be available to help others believe truth. Try opening conversations about God. Use questions, statements, and remarks. Here are some answers to some of the things people will say. Perhaps you can think of some of the things that the people you know say and find good ways to answer their objections. The Torah teaching follows this extended section we have included for today. What do you believe about God? You might then tell them what you believe, or you could use some of the answers below. You could paraphrase this scripture first and then read them this. 1 Corinthians 15 3-8 NKJV says. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ, Messiah, died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, after that He was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. see Hen last of all he was seen by me also. What do you think Isaiah 53 is about? This was written 600 years before Yeshua came. Isaiah 53 4-6 NKJV says. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted but He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned, every one, to his own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. What is your best reason for the existence of God? I have experienced the Holy Spirit, miracles, and healing. The Complexity of Life The Slim Chance of Life Existing on Earth Since life exists why cannot there be a God? For most people who do not believe in God, they are too proud to accept God. Although you reason with them, they do not care what you have to say. Some people are searching for God and those are the ones that you can talk to. Here are some things I have heard while talking to people about God and some possible answers. There are many ways to God. God is big enough that He can define Himself. Since He is the Creator and He can define Himself, wouldn't He do that? If you were a father, wouldn't you care enough about your kids to give them advice and help? So, wouldn't our Father, God do the same for us? The Bible is our manual for life that God gave us. We are all God's children. The Bible says that we are His creation, but we are not all God's children it says that those who believe on Jesus are the children of God. Those who choose to follow God, the Bible says they are God's children. Just like we copy what our father and mother do, we are to imitate God's qualities as his children. To be a child of God you have to become God's child. We can find out what those are in the Bible. I can help you with that. I'm Muslim, Buddhist, I believe in Jesus. I believe a lot of people existed, for example Abraham Lincoln, and I can understand some things about them, but believing in Jesus doesn't mean just that he existed. Believing in Jesus means we believe in who he is, his teachings, in keeping God's commandment, and in receiving the Holy Spirit. Believing in Jesus means that you believe that he is the Messiah, that he came from heaven to reach man and show men how to live and to show God's love. He also came to bring back men to Him because man is not perfect. People need the commandments of our good Creator God who knows what is best for mankind. Because we have fallen short, we needed God's help in life to bring us back to Him. We deserve to die as imperfect people, but Jesus came for our imperfections and died for us as the suffering Messiah so that we could be forgiven. Amazingly, Jesus rose from the dead according to the Scriptures. After He rose from the dead. He went away until the final ages to come and, in the meantime, gave believers in Him the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? I encourage you to read the New Testament portion and see who Jesus is for yourself. We need to go to the source to find out who He is. The Bible was written by man, not God. That's true the Bible was written by men, but the Bible says they were holy men that were given the words by the Holy Spirit. They were given them by God. There were at least 39 different authors, but the Bible fits together to form a coherent book. If you have two professors in a room, they probably won't agree on everything, and they may even contradict each other. So, it is amazing that the Bible fits together the way it does. God wanted to reach out to man, so he chose good men and holy men to write down his message. The Bible is full of errors do you know of any? A lot of the so-called errors are just errors in understanding, translation, or cultural context. They've been able to document and prove that the Old Testament portion of the Bible hasn't changed much from the original texts except for a few minor changes. So, it is a very reliable document. So, most of the error is in translation or in our understanding. Also, since both the Old and New portions were written by Jews, Some of our misunderstandings come from not understanding the cultural context. God cannot have a son. God can do what he wants. He is the creator, God. There is evidence in the Old Testament portion that the Messiah was to be the Son of God, and in the New Testament portion, we see Jesus living that out and he is called Lord. We are multiple parts body, life, and spirit, and so why can't God be multiple parts yet one? God wanted to reveal His love for man and show us how to live so He went to extraordinary measures to do this. The Bible has many contradictions. What contradictions are you aware of? Many supposed contradictions can be explained. The Bible can be difficult to understand at times and studying it definitely helps. Reading good books, going to congregation, and study groups can help us with our understanding. Do you have any questions that I can help you with? I would be willing to get together with you and help you understand the Bible. The God I would love would not allow all the suffering. That's a tough one. Suffering can be bad, I know. We all suffer. I don't believe it was God's intention that man should suffer. In the story of Adam, we see that he hid from God. It is a story about how man has decided to do things on his own apart from God. This has caused mankind a tremendous number of problems and evil. God is love and God is light, and God has been in the process of trying to restore man back to himself ever since. That's why Jesus came and when we accept Jesus as the Messiah, we begin some of that restoration process which will become fully realized in eternity. We live in a fallen and evil world that needs a loving and good God. But I'm a good person. That may be true, but what you think is good is subject to your own personal feelings or thoughts. Wouldn't it be better if there was a perfect standard outside of yourself? Since God is all-knowing and good, He would be a better choice to make our standards by and we can find out about these in the Bible. Can you define what is good? Is your idea of good the absolute good? Since God created all, He should be able to define what is truly good. My mom was a good person. You mean to tell me if she didn't accept Jesus she is in hell? This isn't about your mom right now. It is about you. God is a righteous judge, and he will do the right thing with your mom. What about you? People make choices all the time and you can choose to get to know the good and loving God. I don't believe in God. Jesus said that if you believe, you will see. That's been my experience. My experience is that we will experience God, We just have to give him a chance. I have a logical mind and I like proof myself, so by giving God a genuine opportunity, God will give you the proof. Jesus said that if we seek, we will find. I believe that if you begin seeking God, you will find him. That takes a lot of guts to not believe. There is a lot of evidence for God. If you have just a little bit of doubt that God could exist, isn't that reason enough to investigate more? We are all gods. What do you mean? Being a being or thing does not make us God the creator. I am not George Washington even if I think I am. God is most often defined as being the creator of the universe. We know that we are not the creators of the universe, so you probably mean something else. Possibly you mean that there is something special about us. That is absolutely true. God created the universe and He created man to be His special people and to have a relationship with Him. We can find out about that in the Bible. I've been looking for God, but I can't find Him. That is great because God wants you to find Him. Maybe I can help you with that. I've been seeking God my whole life and I believe I've found Him. Because I continue to seek Him, I keep finding out more about Him. I experience God, I keep getting to know him more and more and one of those ways is through the Bible. Where have you been looking? Maybe I can help you find him. I would be willing to get together with you. He wants to reveal himself to you. Let's pray. If God is real, he needs to prove it to me. One of the problems with God proving himself is the idea that God must answer all my prayers and that is really something that is up to God. But, If we keep seeking Him and trust in Him, it is not unusual for God to answer some of our prayers. God gave us free will, right? If He did everything you asked for, you'd have to believe and you'd no longer have free will. Yet Jesus said that if you believe you will see, God doesn't expect us to have blind faith. The Bible has so much killing in it, that can't be of God. The Bible has a lot of things in it. It is a story about man going his own way and God continually trying to help men to come back to him. Man does a lot of awful things. And the Bible doesn't try to cover up things, but present the facts. It is the story of God trying to reach us with his love. God gave us the Bible so that we could know our good God and know how to live and love others. The world would be a better place if we believed in the Bible. The Bible says the fruits or results of believing in Jesus are peace love, joy, and patience. What do you think of that? Too many people have been killed in the name of God. Many people have been killed by controlling people who have used religion to control others. People can be incredibly selfish and hurtful. What does that have to do with God? Jesus said love one another. If people did that, they wouldn't be killing each other would they? The Bible tells us about a better way of living. The church is full of hypocrites. The church is full of imperfect people. We are all hypocritical to a certain extent. None of us are perfect. The Bible says that no one is perfect and that's why we need Jesus Christ. We aren't perfect and we sin. At least Christians are trying to do something about who they are. A person who doesn't believe can make up their values and change their mind about their values anytime they want to. I had a friend years ago that was an atheist and he told me that he'd be more apt to trust someone that had religious values than someone who didn't. It's all a myth, just like the Greek gods. Some of the things in the Bible just seem like stories, but they've been able to document that quite a few of these people existed. For example, they've been able to document that at one time there was a huge flood so even the flood story is plausible. The Bible is a historic document. The Greek myths are acknowledged as myths. The Bible is the story of God trying to reach out to man and the stories are absolutely true. People need to hear about God and He is trying to reveal Himself to us through the Bible and personally reach out to us. What about the one person who has never heard of Christ, or the many people who haven't heard, do you say they are condemned to hell? God knows all and He is able to judge everyone justly. All those who believe on Jesus can be assured they are forgiven. I know it's true, and I'll do it later after I have fun. If you really believed, you would be taking care of it now. If you were standing on a tower that you knew was going to collapse, you would get off of it. How do you know that you will act later? There is no better time than the present. He never answers my prayers. He doesn't answer all prayers, but he does answer some. He tells us to keep praying to Him. I've had quite a number of prayers answered, but not all of them. I know He cares about me and loves me. He's taken care of the most important thing my forgiveness and eternal life. I'm an atheist. That means you don't believe in anything. No one can be an atheist because we have to believe in something. That takes a lot of guts. There is a lot of evidence for God. If you have just a little bit of doubt, isn't that reason enough to investigate more? We can't know for certain. God doesn't expect us to have blind faith. There is a certain reasonable understanding that we can have. Jesus said that if we believe, we will see. What makes your way the right way? Or what you say right? There are over 300 prophecies about Jesus that have come true. If 8 prophecies came true, I understand that the chances of that are 1 in 17 zeros. There is a lot of evidence. I suggest reading. Evidence demands a verdict by Josh McDowell or the case for Christ by Lee Strobel. It's all the same God. The Bible doesn't say that. Jesus said that he has the truth and there is no other way to God than through him. The Bible says that Jesus is the Messiah who came to help us. Since the Messiah came, we are required to give a response to Him and believe in Him. The Bible reveals the true God and that's how we can know about Him. We cannot get to know the true God through philosophy or any other religion. Whatever, feels right. Or good. God cares about us. A father that cared about his children would instruct them and help them. There is a right way and wrong way. For example, we all know killing young children is wrong. Doing things our own way means we are making up the rules as we go along. God, who is all-knowing would be able to show us the best way to live and what is right. Too many people have fought slash died over religion. Man does a lot of bad things, but the Bible says that God loves us and is a loving God. Jesus said love one another. If people did that, they wouldn't be killing each other would they? The Bible says that we are not to murder or covet what others have. If nations did that there would be fewer wars. These are some of the things that I have encountered. I hope some of these things help you to reach others. We can come up with lots of ideas on how to live life, but God's ways are the commandments of a good God that help us in life. He knows what is best and will even empower His commandments at times and do works on our behalf. In spite of the unknowns in life, God's commandments bring order and goodness to our life. Endure and stick with it and keep moving forward in life no matter what. Be diligent to know and keep God's commandments. Also, be available to help others believe truth. Try opening conversations about God with others. We will now begin our Torah teaching. Tetzaveh means, You shall command. The portion begins by saying that they were to make pure olive oil for the menorah and to keep it burning continually in the tent of meeting. In order to do this, they would use only the first few drops from the olive. It would be clear and pure. It is a spiritual picture that we are to be pure lights to others. Yeshua said in Matthew five sixteen NKJV, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven the rituals that Israel did often taught principles they were to follow. When Yeshua says good works, He means doing what is right and good. Deuteronomy 6 17-18 NKJV says, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, His testimonies, and His statutes which He has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you. So, doing good works is to keep God's commandments. People are told to read the Bible but since they do not understand the Old Testament portion or often know nothing about, they do not fully understand that the Scriptures in the New Testament portion of the Bible refer to Scriptures in the Old Testament portions. They were referring to concepts the people of that time were aware of and sometimes to biblical cultural issues. Therefore, they will form wrong conclusions from what they are reading. Even some pastors also do this. The true context is often being interpreted wrong. Ritual and Symbolism in the Torah God instituted some symbolism as a way for the people to remember what was taught. It was part of culture. For example, when an agreement was made, they would often make a pile of rocks to remind them of the agreement. Jacob and Laban make an agreement while Jacob was on his way back home with his family and put a pile of rocks presumably along the road where they were. See Genesis 31-48. Some people will go too far with symbolism. Some of the rabbis of Yeshua's time probably missed understanding that Yeshua was the Messiah because of their focus on symbolism. This scripture in John alludes to the problem of using a lot of symbolism. Yeshua said in John 5:39 NKJV, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. People who always are looking for symbolism are not helping people to follow God properly but are diverting their attentions. We should qualify this by saying a lot of the rabbis of Yeshua's time did understand Yeshua as the Messiah. This is another misconception. We know this because tens of thousands of people at that time believed in Yeshua. Acts 21, 20 NKJV says, And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And they said to Him, You see, Brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. Myriads mean ten thousand times ten thousand or a countless number, of people, according to Strong's Dictionary. A lot of them must have been rabbis. Even James, Yaakov, believed Yeshua was the Messiah and he served as the Kohen God Dol for Yom Kippur after Yeshua's death and resurrection according to the historian Josephus. The people back then understood that the law was good as we just read in Deuteronomy, therefore, they glorified God when they heard that the people were keeping the law. The oil for the menorah was to be pure, which points to us being pure. They kept the menorah lit during the night which points to God never sleeping. Purity also points to an eternal life where there is purity and therefore life will be wonderful, namely, right and good. Our hope is also for purity in this life. 2 Peter 1 4 NKJV says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We can escape sin with the help of God's commandments and the Holy Spirit through the Messiah Yeshua. The portion continues, Aaron and his sons and descendants were to be special consecrated priests for the Lord. Specific instructions for the priestly garments and how they are to anoint Aaron and his sons were given. Special garments were to be made for them which includes a breastplate, vest, a blue robe, tunic, turban, and a sash. Only the descendants of Aaron were to wear the priestly garments. They were to put the Urim and the Tumim in the breastplate for making decisions. The stones were said to light up and spell a message supernaturally. They were to serve barefoot as a sign of humility. Serving others should not be conducted as an act of pride. Yeshua washed His disciples' feet and told them they should serve others, see John thirteen fifteen 16 Also, some idolaters worship the dust of their feet so what Yeshua did could allude to helping others to avoid idolatry. We are to be humble servants of God. There would be bells on the bottom of the robe Kohen God to let the people know the high priest was at work and they should pay attention. It is not true that it has to do with the high priest dying if they did not hear the bells. Also, the priests were to wear linen undergarments. Then the process of consecration is given with their dress, sacrifices, and rituals, and the priest's consecration is to take seven days. The altar is especially holy, and whatever touches it will be holy. Through all their generations they will have burnt offerings and God would speak to them at the Mishkan, the tent of meeting. Aaron and his sons were to be consecrated by God's glory. God will then live with His people. The Kohen, the Levitical Priests Real priests of God are descendants of Aaron and only descendants of Aaron can be priests. Most of the time, in free societies leaders are chosen by their ability. God wanted the priestly line to be from one family lineage. There are people who call themselves priests but they are not from the designated priestly line so they may be teachers or pastors but not real priests. The priests had a lot of responsibility. They performed the ritual sacrifices, taught God's commandments and would make decisions based on the law. There were extra laws for the priests. They were to be an example of holiness. Yaakov said that any of those in spiritual authority would be judged more strictly by God. James 3 1 NKJV says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Perhaps men were chosen to be priests because men especially need direction for life. Eve is Adam's helper, so the Bible depicts men and women working together. Women are sometimes shown as being bold spiritually in the Bible. For example, the midwives stood up to Pharaoh and did not kill the babies they were told to kill. God told Rebekah that Jacob should be the one to be blessed. She made sure that Jacob got the blessing he deserved. We see both men and women prophesying in the Bible. In Romans 16:7, 7, Unia is called an apostle. Unia is a woman's name. Men should take the lead spiritually, but they do not always do that. Adam failed to lead properly. Husbands are to be loving towards their wives it says in the New Testament portion. Men should be especially kind and loving towards their wife. Leviticus teaches us to love others. That should especially apply to those who are closest to us. Also, it says that wives should honor and be respectful towards their husbands. There is a scripture in the New Testament portions that is translated that women are to be subject to their husbands. This cannot be talking about the giving of license to mistreat one's wife. In the Roman Empire, the family of the wife could divorce the wife from her husband. Most likely, Shaul is saying that women should stay with their believing husband and be subject to them and the not subject to the wife's family. They are not to divorce just because her family does not like the husband. The portion goes on, they were to build an altar to bring incense every morning and also burn incense when Aaron lights the lamps at dusk. They were not to make any unauthorized offering or incense at the Mishkan. We see in this portion specific instructions about the menorah, the Kohens apparel, and the consecration of the Kohens. It should again remind us that we are to worship God in the way He chooses. The high priest was to wear special clothes while serving and so were his sons. Again, no one was to wear the high priest's clothes, but the high priest. His clothes were special and glorious, and they included a turban on his head and a crown on the turban. Exodus 29 6 NKJV says, You shall put the turban on his head, and put the holy crown on the turban. Aaron's sons also wore a turban with a round hat made of linen under them, see Exodus 39 27-29. They covered their heads twice while serving at the Mishkan and so did the Kohens who served under the high priest later at the temple in Jerusalem. There is a misunderstanding in many circles of Christianity concerning 1 Corinthians 11 where it is actually referring to men not wearing a veil on their heads. 1 Corinthians 11:4 4 NKJV says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I deliver them to you but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. The head covering in Greek words here refers to a veil which is an article of woman's clothing. Shaul is merely telling them to keep the Torah which says that we are not to wear clothing that is solely for the opposite sex. Deuteronomy 22 5 NKJV says, a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Also, it should be understood that since we are to love others, see Leviticus nineteen eighteen to 19 man should be especially kind and loving toward his own family. Shaul later says he is referring to customs and not God's commandments but it always stands that if anything is explicitly an article of clothing for the opposite sex it is forbidden 1 corinthians 11:16 nkjv says but if anyone seems to be contentious we have no such custom nor do the churches of god what is the contention it is not about the torah it is about custom it says except where he is talking about obeying the torah they would have understood what he was talking about because most early believers were jewish Always remember that the word church is the Greek word for assembly and doesn't refer to a denomination or building. Acts 20:20 NKJV says, I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you, and taught you publicly and from house to house. Why house to house? Because for the most part, people met in the home. 1 Corinthians 16 19-20 NKJV says, The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. People who meet in buildings would have you believe that Shaul was teaching leadership from house to house. Their man-made theology aims to make people believe that they are legitimate because they have a building or denomination. Many denominations are still passing on the religion of the pagan Greco-Roman Empire. For example, Easter is the pagan goddess of fertility. Yeshua rose on Resurrection Weekend, and it is a disgrace to refer to His resurrection as a pagan God. Think about it. The colors in the Bible are often used within a context that uses a particular color. This is for your interest only. From online color and meanings, then Biblical meaning colors. Amber, glory of God, judgment upon sin, endurance. Orange, fire of God, deliverance, passionate praise. Pink slash fuchsia, right relationship with God. Scarlet, royalty, fine linen for tabernacle. Red, blood of Jesus, love of God, blood of Lamb, atonement, salvation. Blue, heaven, the Holy Spirit, authority. Purple, priesthood, kingship, royalty, mediator, Wealth. Gold, glory, divinity, kingship, eternal deity, foundation, altar, beauty, precious, holiness, majesty, righteousness. Wine, new birth, multiply, overflow. Sapphire, law, commandments, grace, the Holy Spirit, divine revelation. Turquoise, river of God. Sanctification, Healing, New Jerusalem. Green, Praise, Growth, Prosperity, New Beginning, Flourishing, Restoration. Silver, Word of God, Purity, Divinity, Salvation, Truth, Atonement, Redemption. White, Bride of Christ, Surrender, Harvest, Light, Righteousness, Conquest, Victory, Blessedness, Joy, Angels, Saints, Peace, Completion, Triumph Brown, End of Season, Rags, People, Pride, Weary, Faint Yellow, Faith and Glory of God, Anointing, Joy Black, Darkness, Sin, Earth, Affliction, Humiliation, Calamity, Death, Mourning Atonement for sin would be made once a year on the altar. Since the Messiah Yeshua came, that has changed. Hebrews 10, 12-14 NKJV says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. It was always understood that a Messiah would come and give Himself for our sins, He also helps us to be holy through the help of the Holy Spirit, see John 14:26. Isaiah 53 5-6 NKJV says. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray we have turned, every one, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God chose the line of Aaron to be priests. This points us to accepting who God chose as the Messiah, namely Yeshua. Just as Aaron was picked to be the father of all priests, Yeshua is God's chosen Messiah and our priest who has atoned for our sins. One of the major duties of the high priest was to offer a sacrifice for sin on Yom Kippur. Yeshua came as God and offered Himself for our sins. The specific priestly apparel is a shadow picture of the glorious position of Yeshua, see Exodus 28-2, who came as our glorious High Priest and Messiah. Also, Yeshua revealed His true glorious nature when He was transfigured before Kepha, Yochanan, and yah the brother of Yochanan. As Yeshua prayed, the appearance of His face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. Luke 9:29 NKJV Just as God's presence was there in the Mishkan as the priests ministered, Yeshua was the presence of God on earth when He came to minister to mankind. Yo-Chanan said that Yeshua tabernacled or tented among us. Yo-Chanan is probably thinking of the Mishkan in the desert where the presence of God was, there was a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. Just as the presence of God was among Israel at the Mishkan, Yeshua was the presence of God when He came as a man. Yeshua came as God in the form of a man, He did not become God. All the patriarchs encountered God as a man. Jeremiah 23 5-6 says that the Messiah would come from the line of David and be God, Yehovah. The Haftorah for Tetzaveh is Ezekiel forty-three twenty 20-27. Before this portion in Ezekiel, Ezekiel has a vision of the house, namely the future temple. He talks in detail about the future temple. A man is standing by him, and he says that this is the place for my throne where the soles of his feet will be with the children of Israel forever. God's throne will be with Israel forever. In these passages, the Lord, Jehovah is speaking to Ezekiel in the form of a man. This is probably a vision of Yeshua. No one will ever again defile my holy name again he says. As our portion begins in verse 10, Ezekiel is told to describe, sketch, and give the sacrificial law for the house so that Israel will be ashamed of their crimes. The mountaintop for the future temple will be especially holy. This portion describes the consecration of this future temple which is to cover the whole mountain. After this portion it talks about the East Gate being closed because that is the gate that Jehovah has gone through. It is blocked off now, but someday the Messiah will come and open it with power and the entire mountaintop will be God's holy temple. All the ancient believers, the believers of Israel, Exodus 19:6, and all believers in Messiah, 1 Peter 2 9, are to be priests and serve each other. Exodus 19:6 NKJV says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 1 Peter 2 9 NKJV says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. We often think that we as individuals only have the responsibility to care for ourselves, but no one is an island, and we all rely on others to survive. Without the farmer, there would be no food at the grocery store. We should not take people for granted but be a humble servant of God. Micah 6-8 NKJV says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Be humble towards God, live right, and be considerate and merciful. We will now begin our section on, Commandments, Implied Commandments, Permissions, and Other Concepts. We can also understand commandments are being implied from other scriptures in the Bible. There are other possible concepts than what is shared here. The menorah in the Mishkan is to stay lit from evening to morning. Perhaps this is symbolic that God does not sleep, He is always available. Exodus 27:21. Special garments were to be made and worn for the high priest and those descendants of Aaron who are serving. Exodus 28-4 the breastplate is to be fastened securely to the ephod with blue thread. Exodus 28:28. 28, 28. The priests' cloaks are to be made so they will not tear. Exodus 28:32. The priests were to eat a portion of the sacrifice and no one else. Exodus 28:33. The high priest is to burn incense every morning. Exodus 37: Nothing is to be placed on the golden altar except the incense that God says is okay. Exodus 39 The Aaronic Blessing Adonai or LORD in all caps in our Bibles is the name for God which is pronounced Yehovah. Jehovah is used over 6,000 times in the Old Testament portion. Since God's name is used that many times, it is evident that we should be using His real name. According to Exodus 3:15. Jehovah is God's true name forever. Of course, we should use his name with respect. Yehovah is an acronym formed from the Hebrew verb haya. Yehovah means, he existed, he exists, and he will exist. I want to honor God's name. Will you also honor God's real name? The ancient rabbis say that Jehovah is God's name. 2,363 different manuscripts of the Bible point God's name as Jehovah only once otherwise, never is Yahweh. The Church Fathers said God's name is Jehovah. Yeshua said in Matthew 23 39 NKJV, You shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeshua is quoting Psalm one hundred eighteen, twenty-six. 26, the word Lord in that verse in Psalms is Yehovah. Numbers 6 27 says we are to put God's name on His people let's say the ironic Blessing from Numbers 6 24-26. Yehovah bless you and keep you. Yehovah make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yehovah lift up His face upon you, and give to you peace. Amen. Thank you for being with us today.